You're listening to Unscripted with Alex, a podcast that empowers young families to make choices that are best for them and their children. Let's start off by um, giving people a little bit of an understanding of where you were at prior to having a baby. Uh, So I wasn't planning to have kids at all. Um, Pre-COVID life, it was going to be my last year of fighting. I was going to have about three or four more that year. And then we went into a snap lockdown in Perth, um, had a lot more time on my hands uh, that I've never had before. So basically me and hubby working from home, um, a few things lead to another on boring nights that you're usually at the gym or working really hard and fell pregnant very, very fast. Um, It wasn't something that I was opposed to. And in retrospect, it was probably the perfect time to, to have a bub because at the level I was competing at, often would require me to fly to get competition. There was It was really dry in WA for me. So looking back, it was the best time to have a, a little bub. So, yeah. So let's jump into your um, pregnancy journey. Everybody has a different story. Um, and so I know prior to having a bub, obviously you're incredibly fit. You're a very clean eater. Um, you're, you were very focused on um, – your fitness and and then also obviously running the business. So um, tell me a bit about your pregnancy journey and how did all of that come into play? Like were you still able to do your fitness, um, eating habits, all of that sort of stuff? So as an athlete, I often looked up to other female athletes that had become mums and I saw them, you know, on Instagram or YouTube, like keeping up their training routine or eating really well or not gaining weight. And that's something that I um, fantasized over it was really being like a, a solid role model for other athletes out there to, to keep it all up. Um, but as you said, like everyone's journey is completely different. Um, straight away, I became very sick. I couldn't stomach any food. So my, my diet just went out the window. I couldn't even look at a salad without throwing up. I couldn't have coffee. The only thing I could keep down was like a cheeseburger or some chips. And to me, it just like went against everything that I valued in my life. I would try and coach and on the way to coaching, I'd like eat a cheeseburger from McDonald's and I just felt like such a fraud. I kept training. Obviously, we had to pull it right back. Some sessions I would have to leave, but I just kept pushing myself to turn up to the gym. Eventually, it got a bit easier, but I would say like nine times out of 10, I would throw up most days. Um, it made it hard for for my identity. So I think every mother challenges, like has a whole challenge with that, but it started very early for me and I think being in lockdown as well. One of the things we have to quickly learn is um, we have to adapt, don't we, to the situation and um, just because you had to eat a cheeseburger to get through, it's not (laughs) eating a cheeseburger because you're trying to do it out of making a healthy or an unhealthy choice. It's it's a matter of survival. Yeah, I was so lucky that the midwife was like, you need to do what you need to do and just like take all the pressure off yourself. If that's the only thing you can keep down, like we'll deal with it after. So in terms of movement, how did you, what sort of movement were you doing? And um, obviously you had in mind that you wanted to keep your fitness up and running, but in terms of where you were actually at, with nausea and all of that, um, what did you do? How did you adapt? Uh, so normally in my week of training before pregnancy, 
it was a lot of pads, sparring, and then some strength and conditioning. So that was secondary in my training. What I found with pregnancy is strength and conditioning was actually easier. So things like cable machines, um, machines were really good to work around the growing belly. Um, obviously, sparring had to drop straight away um, for obvious reasons. Uh, pads I would have to to do by myself or with my husband. So I was very lucky or convinced someone to hold pads for me. I obviously couldn't hold pads. Um, but the high-intensity cardio was just something that didn't feel quite right for me. So I found myself in the weights gym a lot more just to keep moving. The machines could give me so much more flexibility, especially, you know, like the eight-month mark of pregnancy. Um, and then having like a really good trainer, so someone that knows, you know, I can't have my head below 45 degrees at this point or certain movements that I just couldn't do that would impact bub. Um, and then things like kicks, like I could kick on my right side, but for some reason my hips just didn't want to do the left. So we just really listened to how I felt that day, listening to my body and and really respecting it. But thinking about giving birth and becoming a mum, I think you need to be so fit, especially when they're born, you're picking them up, staying up all night, you're surviving on little to no sleep. So I suppose if any woman was thinking about stopping training, I'd be so nervous for them because you need to get through a labour and then have this amazing little newborn to look after. So you actually really, really need that strength. Yeah, you need to be um, in tip-top shape, that's for sure. Um, And so (laughs) um, both mentally and physically (laughs) and have a support system around you to hold you up. Um, heading into the birth, um, so obviously looking at your, your mindset as a fighter, you're very resilient. I know that you've had knee reconstructions and, um, I mean, obviously you can't be afraid of pain if you're going to be a professional fighter. Um, what were you thinking I mean, obviously everyone approaching birth, we have no idea what the experience is going to be like, especially the first time. You have no idea what to expect. And I think each pregnancy, if you have any after that, they're all going to be different as well. Um, Sorry, each birth is all going to be different. So what was your mindset like heading into the birth? Like what sort of preparation did you do and um, just where were you at? I... Obviously, being a fighter, I thought, oh, this is going to be, like, this is going to be easy. You know, like, I've got a high pain tolerance, adaptable, can do anything. If you're a mum and you've had a baby, you're way tougher than any Muay Thai fighter there is on this planet. It is something that probably nothing can prepare you for. Obviously, everyone has a different birth experience, but I suppose the one benefit was is I'm quite a flexible person. So I wasn't hell-bent on like a natural birth or a water birth or a birth from home. It was like I was just going to go with the flow Um, and nothing goes to plan. So (laughs) in a way I think that's probably the best way to think about it is you just have to to be open to all options. Um, But, yeah, being a fighter does not prepare you for childbirth. Did you have any idea of how you would deal with different situations that might arise, especially with did you, you were aware of COVID coming on, were you at that time, or did COVID happen sort of just as you're about to give birth? Yeah, so the big lockdown was over. So 
And then there was the little snap lockdowns in Perth, so the five-day ones or the seven-day ones. So on Monday, I gave birth on Thursday and snap lockdown started on Monday and I said, I'm going to give birth this week. So went into labour at home at about 6 p.m., called my midwife. She's like, try and go to bed. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to bed. Like, this baby's coming. Did you go straight into contractions? Yes. So no, no, um, my waters didn't break. Um, and then as the hours went on, I tried to watch a movie literally on the floor, like hugging myself. She's like, okay, come, like come now. But your husband has to stay in the car. So Pamon drives me, my husband drives me to the hospital. They wheel me in in a wheelchair in the assessment room by myself. Everyone's wearing masks. My midwife was actually in isolation, so she couldn't come in until 12 o'clock that night. So I was really stressed about having someone that I'd never even talked to. Um, it went really fast. Obviously the pain was just like insane and picked up really fast. So I think I had like quite a short, sharp, intense labour. Um, finally let my husband in. Hang on. So how long were you labouring for before they let him in? As soon as I could get into their labour ward. So I would say I was about two hours without him. And in a what, a waiting room? It's like a big room of beds, chairs, and they connect you up to a machine. They check everyone's heart rate and things like that. And then they'll check how dilated you are. So she was like, yep, you're six centimetres. You've done really well to get here. Um, but I was just waiting for someone. So I was like kind of sitting there for maybe like 30 minutes for someone to become available. So once I got in the labour room, so we had our own labour room, um, my midwife finally got let out of isolation, which was good. So she's bed there. Like she was amazing. Um, that was say 12.30 and then I was like I need the epidural this is just a lot I was very anxious lots of pain had to wait a few hours for her to become available um so I got that and then we waited an hour and then we started pushing so it went from having my midwife to two midwives and an obstetrician who had never met and then I think there was another midwife so Went really well, dilated really well, but then Bub's head was huge. <laughs> <laughs> so we tried to, to suck him out and then forceps. Um, so finally got him out. I think they were getting a bit nervous because his heart rate was dropping, but he came out absolutely perfect. I was fine. Um, they were a bit worried about his blood sugar, so they kept – they actually let Pamon stay around for a good few hours, which was lovely. So he had to leave as soon as I left the labour ward. Really? So that was the other thing. Yeah. So I was by myself for, for two nights. Uh, oh, you're lucky you are a resilient like person because that's just those first days, they're full on, aren't they? Your hormones are like doing nuts things. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I remember walking out. So when I went to go get my um, all the paperwork, there were mums just crying. They were all by themselves, no husband, no mum. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like imagine, imagine the position they're in feeling very alone. But I suppose, you know, like I just got on with it. 
those first few months of recovery, they sort of classify, you know, those first three, um, three months after having baby as like the fourth trimester. Um, it's time when you're obviously your body's going through a huge recovery and you're going through a major shift from non-mum to mum. Um, what was that like for you? And, and were you, um, it, you know, bed, like were you moving much or were you still really restricted to being in the home? So we'll break this into two parts, like physical, mental. So my midwife made me promise, well, she made me promise that I would go for a walk as soon as I could. So to the end of the street and back with bub. And I think that was some of the best advice that anyone had given me because it just got Mm -hmm. me out of the house. She said, you're going to be sore. You're going to feel like, you know, like crap, but just get out of the house. So I think I started that five days post-birth. Um, and then that just led to two blocks, three blocks. Um, the first three months I really struggled with surrendering to motherhood. I told myself I'd go back to work after one month. And I think I created these stories in my head about how my life should look, but I just had no insight to, to what motherhood was. So the moment I did surrender and someone that I really respect told me this is like, just go in deep. I think my world just became such a, a happy place Fantastic. and I let go of the old Whitney and welcomed the new. And I was so proud of the old Whitney and all the things that I'd done. And I thought the new Whitney was like just a, a boring mum. But you realise when you become a mum that they're actually incredible and if they can work and go for a jog or go to the gym, look after a little baby human, have a, a marriage, like we're doing things that no other person could possibly do. So it's just giving yourself a bit of credit and really celebrating how amazing this journey is. Yeah, I agree. That transition from, um, yeah, especially if you're a businesswoman and um, career focused and um, obviously there's that narrative of, it's a tricky one. So I'm going to try and say this very carefully of you can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not to say that you can't have it all, Which you can't. but you know, yeah. there's also um, got to be realistic and trying to have it all in those early stages. Maybe some, some people can, but um, I agree. There's a period of time that you really have to go deep and invest in, in that, that transition of becoming a mum and really celebrating being a mum and, it is one of the most amazing things that you can do. It's the biggest achievement, isn't it? Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, we don't give it enough credit, I don't think. No, and I think obviously like for non-mums or a lot of, not dads, but people that don't have kids, you know, you just don't know until you've been there. It's it's funny because, you know, I have my non-mum friends and they're like, oh, you have to go to get up every two hours. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how are you at training? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> like just hang it in, but I'm here. And that's all that matters. So um, let's talk about um, getting back into movement um, in terms of actual fitness in the gym. So before going back to doing, um, so not so much the walking around um, the block and all of those, um, that form of movement, but getting back into the gym, what sort of checks did you get done to sort of give you the clearance to go ahead? Yep. So the six-week GP check, 
thought that was, I knew deep down that that wasn't thorough enough for, for where I was. So obviously he uh, got my bloods done, checked everything like that, bit of a general chat about, you know, how the scarring was and things, how the birth went, if I've had any complications. A lot of my athlete friends suggested to go to a, a women's physio, which ha- was essentially one of the best investments. Uh, she talked about what type of assessments she could do. Uh, one of them was like an ultrasound and one of them was an internal examination, um, which for a lot of women is could be very daunting or make them feel uncomfortable. Um, she also told me a lot of stats, so things that blew my mind was like 80% of females have some degree of a prolapse. It's big. Um, <laughs> and it just made me feel a little bit normal if that was the case. So you're like praying to God it's not, but 80% of women do have some degree. And I think it's something that's not talked about enough. So she said, look, for your level of training, you're not going back to yoga. You're coming to like kick and punch things, you know, squat hundreds of kilos, well, not hundreds, 100 kilos. You really need to, to make your pelvic floor uh, a priority. Otherwise, if you want to have number two or live a, a healthy life later down the track, you know, when you're in your 70s or 80s, you're going to have issues. So that was really good. Um, it also gave me a perspective of how slowly I need to take it. Prior to, to giving birth, I was like, three months, I'm going to be shredded, I'm going to be backfighting, you just watch me. So, again, that narrative that I created, all these expectations I put on myself to, to bounce back. Um, so we took it really slowly. The machines and cables came back out starting to build the base of strength and, and fitness, started boxing before Muay Thai. And it was basically like, like the knee surgeries, like connecting the dots. Um, talking to other new mums, I found that they wanted to bounce back so fast they would, you know, cut out carbs and, and do silly things like that. And for me, I felt like I wouldn't be enjoying Bjorn and my family's time if I was so worried about, you know, getting back to, to pre-baby weight or, you know, doing some crazy weight loss challenge at the gym to me I wanted to do it really slow and steady the right way so also your mental health is out the window so if you're starving yourself and trying to go through all these uh, hormonal changes I think you're just like creating something that's too hard um, so yeah slow and steady started three sessions a week four sessions a week slowly just working my way back up there still not there but I'm just feeling like I'm getting back to myself. The other thing was my schedule. So I would train when you put your baby to bed. That cannot happen mm-hmm. anymore. So Bjorn's my number one priority. So now I have to train during the day. So that was letting go of my old identity and saying I train at X, Y, Z times. Now I need to look at my schedule and go, well, what works for me and my family? Because unfortunately, like, you cannot have it all. So I train, like, early afternoon get an hour to myself, someone looks after him, and then I come home and do like bed, bath and dinner. Beautiful. And picking a lot of food off the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the point of um, where you're saying about cutting out all the carbs and that sort of thing. Um, When you're not sleeping or you're having very disrupted sleep, um, carbs is something that gets you through the day. And I think if you're <laughs> if you're not giving yourself carbs, you're putting yourself in a very unhappy place. <laughs> oh man, I I just looking back, I cannot believe I set this expectation. I needed 
three months to get back to where it was. You know, like I think it's just so cruel to have those expectations. But again, how would I know? How do you go through it? Yeah. Um, and so when you said you started going back and um, slowly joining the dots, how, um, how f- long after giving birth was that? Yeah, so I went to the strength and conditioning gym six weeks and I'm talking like really, really early. Yeah, so straight away. And that was more for my mental health. Um, very light workout, so 20 to 30 minutes and then I'd leave and really, really low intensity workouts and then boxing eight to 10 weeks and then Muay Thai at 12 weeks. But they do not look like anything. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want them to think that I was going crazy. I'm talking like 20%. And you've had all the checks and the approvals to make sure that, you know, your body's in the right state to go. So um, every woman will be in a different place and different stage for that. Um. How did you, like, how did you find the motivation or um, the energy to do it, having such little energy from broken sleep um, and being a mum? How did you actually get there? Or was it just a case of making a step and just showing up? Yes. So it was not easy. Um, There were many tears in the cars after the sessions. Um, I just made a promise, like, go, regardless of how much sleep I had or how many times he would wake up, I would just start the habits because I think that's, I'm a big believer of habits um, and creating that schedule for, for myself. And as the months went on, I'd feel better. Um, I can see why so many women don't start. From talking from one of the most motivated, fittest, dedicated health and fitness people you would know to say that I can see why people don't uh, prioritise their own health and fitness post-bub is a, an alarming statement because it's hard, but you just have to find the way. And it could be a 10-minute workout. It doesn't it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you start. Yeah, I like that. So it's really more um, about creating the habit at the start as opposed yeah. to having, um, you know, doing increasing your fitness as such. Yes. Um, how did you feel going back into the gym, being around other women who um, maybe aren't mums and have, you know, very fit bodies? Going into a gym is already pretty daunting for a lot of people um, just because everyone around you looks yes. so fit and healthy and fabulous. H- how, do you, how did you feel? What was your mental um, state at? <laughs> First session back, I felt like, I'd say this joke a lot, a melted candlestick. So I felt really disgusting in my own skin for the first time in my entire life. Normally I'm very proud of myself. Um, and to hear girls that are non-mums talk about how they hate their body, I was like, I just want to shake that thought out of you because I look like a melted candle. There was obviously a lot of things going through my head. My mindset was definitely suffering but it really gave me an appreciation for for the support that mums need in that journey. Um, I own the gym, so that was hard for me because it felt like I wasn't comfortable in the own in my own environment. And I naturally latched on to any mums in in the gym just so I could you know talk about like, hey, how's your pelvic floor going, <laughs> <laughs> or like, 
how much did you sleep last night? So have, having a new tribe was really important to me, but a tribe that could understand, like, you know, fit mums. Um, but I think you just learn to let go of the need to be super lean or super fit and learn to love your body wherever it is um, because I don't have 30 hours to train in my life right now. I might have six and that's amazing. So my body's not going to look like it used to, but I'll keep trying. Your goal's obviously different now. So it's not so much um, trying yeah. because you want to look amazing, but trying because you want your body to be in the most fittest shape possible to be the best mum possible, I suppose. Would that be right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was another thing. Like if I don't fill my cup, I can't be the best mum ever. So I kept saying is like I have to put myself first. I have to be a bit selfish so I can be the best mum, the best wife. So yeah. listeners who don't know, you own Champions Gym, which is one of the most amazing gyms in Perth. I love it. I used to go and I'm, I terribly miss it um, being all the way down here and I, I want you to open a Champions Gym in the southwest please. <laughs> now have three of these gyms that have popped up around Perth. Um, when did you open the third one? So during maternity leave, I got a little bit bored during nap time and would, uh, I love stalking real estate. Like this is just, I suppose, outside of health and fitness, I love real estate. So I started stalking spaces and this space became available and I presented it to my husband and then and then he said, hmm, yeah, okay. And then it happened very fast. So traditionally opening the other two gyms, uh, it would be like a three-month transition period to get the space across town council. We had two weeks. Well, pressure. So I was like, okay, this gym will open after he's a year old. And it was like, okay, we're going now. Like there's no, there's no stopping it. Um, it was probably a very stupid thing to do in, in retrospect and thinking about the timing of it. But I just think in life, like there's no perfect time. <laughs> You've just kind of got to go with it. little sign that it was there. So yeah. that means you're in there um, fitting out the gym, full yeah. hands on. Um, with the toddler. But how, how's it come along? It's so beautiful. It's probably my favourite space um, in terms of design. Um, and we are very fortunate to have a really good team. So it sounds like I'm there every day painting and building, but I give credit to, to the team that we have at the gym. So would you say these gyms um, are definitely designed for mums who are looking at getting into fitness, either for the first time getting back into martial arts or like, sorry, for the first time actually introducing themselves to martial arts or whether they're returning to martial arts, is it suitable for them? I think it, they were never designed to become something that was suitable for mums because I was never a mum. But naturally something that I'm like huge on is like a female-friendly space. So 60% of our clients are females. We've attracted and grown this amazing group of mums. Their bubs aren't super young, so it's not like a crèche where you drop them off and you can go do a workout. If if I design them like when I was a mum, I, they probably would, but that's just kind of the way the business evolved. Um, so we have an awesome squad of mums, women, professional CEOs, like girls that just build each other up. So it's not so much for mums, but it's about women that want to like 
improve their life. Um, now that I have become a mum, I would love to change like a few things, like upskill the coaches in that like postnatal journey and things like that. And that's things that we started to roll out um, and make sure that they feel comfortable coming back to classes. Like maybe they don't skip, they could go on the bike, uh, look at like, the loads they're lifting. Um, but that's just the, the joy of owning your own gym is you can create a better place for mums to, to flourish in. But, yeah, getting there. And so what is your goals now for the future in terms of um, are you looking at fighting again in a professional sense? Um, my heart is going yes, 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 yes. Obviously I fell pregnant with uh, the idea of having a few more and then getting pregnant. COVID came, so it kind of threw my plans out. Um, I'm training really well, moving really well. I'm not overtraining, which is probably a good thing. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun. So the love and passion is super high. I'd probably have one or two and then call it a day and then potentially number two. Um, but I think when you're a mum, you just have to make it happen. You have to follow your heart and put yourself and your goals first as well. Yeah, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? Finding the balance and mum guilt. Yes, yes. It's, uh, again, something that you just can't explain it to people unless they're a mum. No, no, you can't. It's like, you know, obviously we connected on Instagram about um, like the floor bed or the mirroring of the the washing and that's something that we both value is like building obviously independence it may not be a value to all mums but that's I think that's a beauty of connecting with other mums is finding those similar values thank you so much for chatting today thank you so much for having me where can people find you because you've got some very inspirational stuff that people can follow along yeah so I suppose my Instagram is probably the best start it's just Whitney Tuna um that's the IG handle and then I do pop up on the champions gym but I'm a little bit shy and I hide behind all the other amazing coaches so I'm getting better at putting myself out there um which is another another podcast topic but yeah so IG and I do recommend <laughs> people follow along because you've got some good stuff on your stories in terms of um you know, just being able to connect with where you're at with your bub and um, watching you get back into the gym. Um, it's definitely helped me and um, I was following your stories and seeing you moving again and um, that's what got me back into um, trying to start running again. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Alex. This show was brought to you by Batika Co.